Oh, I'm kind of nervous here. I need a chair. Oh, with my stuff. Yeah, doesn't matter. I just need a table. Oh, there you go. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the Holy Spirit wants. I don't know. Kind of nervous here. Wow, usually I talk with people I'm sitting down in the chair, so standing up is kind of different. But I will tell you this, the first thing that the pastor didn't tell the truth earlier. I think I said no like four times. And then I went to a friend and I said, you know, they've asked me to do this and uh, I'm not sure that I want to do this. And then my friend who was trying to encourage me, which she didn't, she said, well, have you asked the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, no, not really. So I said, Holy Spirit, what do you think? He goes, finally, you're asking me. So let me tell you, get on up there. So here I am. This is exactly what obedience looks like. Because I can guarantee you, I have not been sitting on the back row raising my hand going, pick me, pick me, because I want to get up and share my whole life story. So I'm not a teacher. I'm an encourager. And I teach through my encouragement. I'm not a theologian. I don't read well. But I use visual aids. God teaches me visually. He teaches me with my dreams and my visions and with your words to me. So he always loads me up with a package here. So I may or may not use any of these. I think it's just an act of obedience of what to put in. So with that said, I'm going to pray. So Father, again, I got in my car to come over here. And the first thing you said, the radio said is, here I am. I surrender. And Lord, that's what I do right now. I surrender and ask that none of my words come forth, but every one of your words that you want to speak to me and to these guys here, come forth with boldness, with great promise, with great hope, with great encouragement, and more than anything, with great truth. Father, it is your word and it is your Holy Spirit that we want to just embrace in this moment of time. And this is a tiny moment of time, but let it be so powerful that we remember when, we were, when I was bold enough to speak and they were willing enough to listen. So, Father, I just thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, this will either be the longest sermon you've ever had, the shortest sermon you've ever had, but I really believe it's going to be the most perfect one you've ever had because it's going to be the Holy Spirit. So I was going to tell you, first of all, in my bag I have water and I have snacks. I have the most comfortable shoes on. My notes are 64 pages long, single-spaced, eight font, and I'm not going to miss a one of them. <laughs> I think I lost about 70 of you there, but, um, but that's okay. So um, I'm not going to be nervous, but I, am, I, I want you to pray for my voice because it's been crackling, so I'll have to drink while I'm, I'm, to drink while I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. So let me tell you a little bit about me. I um, have been around a long time. Some people know my name and don't know me. Some people know me and don't know my name. And either way, it's okay, because that's where the Holy Spirit has me. I'm going to talk today about how the Holy Spirit in my life has done more than I could ever, absolutely could imagine. And I want to tell you stories firsthand, because I know these stories. I don't want you to think, oh, well, it was all about Teresa. It is all about the Holy Spirit, and it is all about what he can do through someone such as me. And I can tell you, I don't have any credentials on follow-up, but I can tell you I have a life in the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you I have the Almighty God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit that manifests himself through me. So I'm going to 
I'm trying not to look at my notes, but I'm trying. I don't know. I don't know how to do this actually. So I'm, you know, just bear with me. So the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God within us, helping us to live as God wants, building Christ's church here on earth. It is by faith. It is by faith that we appropriate the Spirit's power every moment of every day. He is the Holy Spirit is a powerful person. He works through us, with us. He's with us forever. He teaches us. He reminds us of Jesus' work. He convicts. He is not a guilt-driven, holy God. He convicts. And his purpose through us is to bring glory to God. And that is his purpose. So my story kind of starts like this. Fifteen years ago, I was broken and devastated. I began a, a time of healing. And some people may know Keith Flowers. He was the one that walked me through my healing. And my life changed forever. I was, I was born, um, accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior at eight. And then during the course of that, and let's just say, I don't like to tell you how old I am, but about for 30 years or so, um, my walk with Jesus was hit or miss. I would be strong and just proclaim his word, proclaim his truth. And then a storm would come, and it would wash me away. And my truth and my Jesus, I let slip away. And I went back to what man was telling me. I'm no good. I'll never have anything. Who are you that Jesus would use you? This is what we call your white trash. You've always been white trash. You're a single mom. That's what man was telling me. So I would always revert back to that when my struggles came. I would always fall back because I didn't have the foundation of who I am. And this is what we have to know. In Genesis 1... So if you see, I want to say this, if you see hands go up in the congregation, they're not asking questions. I've just asked my friends to raise their hands if I get to talking really fast, because I can talk really fast. When you're one of 13, you learn how to talk fast. So Jesus, Genesis 1, it says, so God created mankind as his image. The image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now you think about that. He created us in his image the image of God. Now, we're not some afterthought. We're not some, some of us would say, oh, you know, he's practicing. We've said that word, Chris, probably a time or two. But we are created in his image. Really, his image. You grasp that. And the second one is that in Psalms 35, 36, 61, 149, you can read all about those that God delights in us. He truly delights in us. And he didn't create us in his image for as a second thought. He really wants to delight in us. And he didn't make two of me. He didn't make two of any of you. He created us individually with a personality. Now, this, the wounds of this world changes our personality. And the devastation changes our personality of what God really created us to be. So what we need is to know who we are, created in the image of God, for his delight. And when I got that, oh dear, tears are coming. So I asked my friends to be praying for me, and I said, one of the things to be praying for is that I don't tear up. And, you know, every one of them said, I will not pray that. So I brought my tissues. <laughs> Just so you know. I know, but if when I got who I am in this world, this universe, and in Christ Jesus, my life changed. It changed. 
I have seen the blind be healed. I have seen that with my own eyes. He does that. I have seen him do amazing things for amazing people. But what I know is what he's done through me. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, my favorite, in the midst of all that, my favorite scripture is Zebaniah 3.17. And it reads like this. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, and in his love, he will no longer rebuke you. And I love this part. He will rejoice over you with singing. I have laid in bed sometimes and listened, and I said, Holy Spirit, I want to hear the voice of God singing over me, because his word says it does, and I want to hear it. I didn't hear nothing. But what I did hear was the wind blowing, the birds singing, my dogs barking. I mean, is that not the voice of God? Because it's all his creation. So this opened up. If I would just look and listen, he sings over me all the time. And he blesses me all the time. So the moment I recognized who I was, my life changed. That was over 15 years ago. And I will tell you, this last 18 months has been the cruelest in our family, the hardest and the most difficult in my family. It is the greatest storm that I have ever raged, that has ever raged against our family. But I have not wavered as I would have before I knew who I was. So with that, I opened my heart to every truth in the Bible, every truth in the Bible, and believed. I told this to Pastor Greg when he was talking to me about being a deacon in the church. He says, when did you, you know, have a change? And I said, when I stopped believing in Jesus. And he just kind of looked at me with this look. He said, and I said, well, let me explain. I stopped believing in Jesus. And I started believing him. And there's a big difference. I believe in all of you guys, but you're going to fail me. There's no doubt. You're going to fail me and I'm going to fail you. But I believe Jesus, and he says he will never leave me or forsake me, and I take that to the bank. I do. So I say, in this midst of this storm that has been so ugly, that I stand and I have stood. So with that said, take a breath. I'm going to take a drink of water because I'm getting all choked up here. So and he will teach you, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to hear his voice in the midst of all of this. And it is about obedience. It truly is about obedience. So as I walked through my healing and I found um, who I was in Christ, my foundation began to get strong. And of course, I've got this thing called flesh, which is greatly loud. It loves to speak and do what it wants to. Have to keep it under the power of the Holy Spirit because I would be doing things I shouldn't be doing. Probably. I hope not, but probably. So I listened to the Holy Spirit. And I remember the first time he said, he said, and this, Pastor Greg said I could tell this story. So I went to Change Point for a long time and I didn't know Pelzetta and Greg that well, but I knew that they were going to branch out this. Uh, I knew the pastor was pastoring in church. And so Holy Spirit woke me up one morning. He says, you need to tell Greg McCormick this. And I'm like, and he told me what to tell him. I'm like, really? You know, I'm not sure about that. He said, well, let me tell you again. This is what you need to tell him. I said, got it. So we get up there, church is over, and change word has this huge four years from out there. And I'm like, 
Oh, Holy Spirit, he's not here. I'm good to go. <laughs> no, can you kind of wait? I'm like, it's been three minutes. He's not here. <laughs> so it's like, holy smokes. So I'm finally thinking, Holy Spirit, I'm going to turn around. If he is not here, I'm going home. I turn around, and guess who's there? It's Greg McCormick. So I'm like, and Greg doesn't really know me very well, and obviously I don't know him very well. This is from the, from the pulpit. I said, Greg, let me tell you this. I, the Holy Spirit would have me say this and encourage you with this, that one day you would lead his sheep, you will, you, will, you will have a church, and you will lead his sheep, and you will lead it well. Four years later, and I'm thankful that it was four years later, Greg McCormick came up to me and said, we were over here, we started our church he asked me to be an intercessor. I said, okay. But he said this to me, too. He said, do you remember back in that day when you told me that, that I would lead a church? And I said, I do. He says, I turned around and I said this. Lord, she is as crazy as they say. <laughs> I'm thinking, thank you, Father, that I didn't know that for four years. Because I probably would have never gone back. But that is the thing. Step out. When the Holy Spirit says to do something do it. Now, it took me three times in my conversation with the Holy Spirit to say, no, I don't think so today. So let me ask you this. Some of us have children, some of you don't. But if you tell your child, don't do that, and they go, mm, not really. I said, don't do that. Mm, not really. That's disobedience, right? I was in disobedience to the Holy Spirit. Now, we laugh about it. I still laugh about it. I still tell that story and get great laughs, and I find great humor in it. But the truth of the matter is I was disobedient. Why did I not go? Holy Spirit, I got it. I'm out there doing it. Where is he? Bring him to me. Because of my pride, my flesh, and the what ifs. What if people look at me and go, what? Who does she think she is? And what does she think she's saying? Well, I'm learning. I'm learning. So what I want to do is I want to share now with how he uses us. And I wanted to say how he uses us first before I change it to how God, the Holy Spirit, glorifies God himself. He doesn't use, uses us has a very negative connotation in our society. Oh, he used me to get this. He used me to get that. He only used me because I know these people. But God glorifies himself through us. He doesn't use us. He infills us with his Holy Spirit so that we can glorify him here on this earth. And really and truly, that's the only reason we're here. That's the only reason we're here is to glorify Almighty God in the highest. So the truth that we need to know is how am I glorifying God by allowing the Holy Spirit do what only he can do? I'm like, okay. So... He knows me. The Holy Spirit knows me quite well. I know him quite well. I talk to him. He's my best friend. Um, I talked to him over here. I got in the car. I said, Holy Spirit, I got this. I said, Holy Spirit, you got this because I am so nervous. I am so nervous. So I get in my car. I start it up. And the first song that comes on the radio is, here I am, God. I'm surrendered. I'm thinking, Really? I really want to surrender this and let you do whatever you want to do because really I kind of want it neatly packaged here and in and out and be done. And he goes, where's the surrender? And I'm like, okay, I got it. So I'm surrendering, coming over here, and we're talking. We have this great conversation. And, and he's really my best friend. You can't see him, but he's here. 
You can feel his presence. Oh, you can feel his presence. One night I was laying in bed. It had been an awesome day of prayer. My husband was away for work, and I was laying there, and I was just going, oh, what an awesome day. The Holy Spirit, you've just filled me with God's scripture. With I'm laying there, and then, you know, I'm not exactly young, so feeling this warmth come over me. And that's one of the things you can feel, the anointing come over you, and I'm like, oh, the Holy Spirit is this you. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, Teresa, I've been with you all day. And I've engulfed you all day. Right now, it's just a hot flash. (laughs) So there you go. There you go. But what you need to do is ask, is that you, Holy Spirit? Because I'm telling you, you got to figure it out. And And it was just a hot flash. So... I have this ongoing conversation with the Holy Spirit. What do I do? What do I say? And he always just uses me and glorifies himself in such a mighty way that I lay in bed some night and I go, wow, I'm almost perfect. And then he's like, wow, you're almost obedient. I'm like, oh, so it's all about obedience. It is nothing more than obedience. We have these moments in time. God knows exactly what's going to happen from the moment of creation. He breathed and we were here. So he knows exactly what's going to happen. So he knows how to teach me because I don't get it the first time. I'm a slow learner. Like I said, if you give me a book to read, I'm like, ah. But you give me a video to watch, I'm like, oh, because it's visual. You're moving around and blah, blah, blah. So... One day, my friend Vicki, I was praying for her, and the Holy Spirit said, take her a case of toilet paper. Sam's toilet paper, as a matter of fact. Sam's brand sales. He was very specific, and I'm like, okay. So I called Vicki, and I said, hey, you know, do you need toilet paper? She goes, no, I'm pretty good right now. I'm pretty good. Oh, okay. So I blew it off. That was Monday. Tuesday, I'm praying. I don't think I was even praying for Vicki. And she, the Holy Spirit said, I kind of asked you to bring toilet paper to Vicki. And I'm like, well, I asked her. She didn't need it. I didn't ask you to ask her. I asked you to take it. I'm like, okay, but she said she didn't need it. I blew it off. Wednesday morning, wake up. I'm praying. Are you going to take Vicky toilet paper? I am now. So I went to Sam's. I got her the toilet paper. I took it down there, and I said, I'm done with this three days in a row being hammered by the Holy Spirit, so take this toilet paper. She goes, well, I can always store it and keep it. We always need toilet paper. So then, that was good. I was done with that. So Tuesday came, Thursday came, and I went to say, uh, Costco, did my monthly run, weekly, whatever I did. So I bought a bunch of stuff, and I didn't want to take it all into my house, so I put some in the garage. Friday afternoon came. I was going to pick up my grandson. He was two at the time. So on my way out, he says, grab that tissue paper. Grab those Kleenexes and take them to Miss Linda. And I said, I got it. I'm not going to have three more days of disobedience because I know you will just keep slamming me, so grabbed it. So I brought it in. I went over to her house, and she had five little boys at the time. So I opened the door, and I said, Miss Linda, Kleenexes. And she looked at me, and she said, wait. I'm like, great. She brought her five little boys to the door, and she said, tell Aiden's grandmother what we prayed for today at lunch. And the oldest one was Owen, and he said, we prayed 
for Kleenex because we all have snotty nose and Miss Linda doesn't get paid till next Friday. So the Holy Spirit taught me. He knew that I would probably bucket and go, nah, no, who needs tissue paper? Who needs Kleenexes? So he taught me the lesson the earlier of the week so that he knew I would be obedient, really be obedient in my disobedient, in my headstrongness on Friday. So whatever seed he planted in these five little boys, he knew that I had to be in a place where I really didn't want to have to hassle with hearing him talk to me over and over. So he planted those seeds. Now, sometimes my, my grandson's now 12, and sometimes we talk about things, and he goes, oh, remember Miss Linda and the tissue paper? I go, yeah, I do. That was pretty funny. And we laugh about it. But the bottom line, 10 years, he still talks about it. So I don't know. So that is just one thing about obedience. The Holy Spirit knows us so well, and you have to continue your conversation. Now, I know Pell's at it pretty well. I know a lot of you in here pretty well, and I kind of know what you're going to do, but I don't have that deep, intimate friendship with a lot of people where they know what I need. They know my next step. They know how I will respond to something. But the Holy Spirit does. And at that moment on Friday, he knew he, that God was going to answer these five little boys' prayers. But he also knew that I needed training and obedience. So he taught me for three days. So the bottom line on Friday, pick those suckers up and we're going. So it's one of the things that if you continue to just dwell in his presence, let him just wrap is anointing around you. And you will know when he walks into the room. He's always with you, but you will know when he's igniting an anointing that's fixing to fall on you. And you'll go, oh my goodness. Let it roll. Whatever you want to do. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, um, the pastor called me up for prayer. And I will tell you this, before I start this, is my back has, was healed. I do not have an issue with my back whatsoever. Long term, my back is healed. So whenever they were praying for me, I went down. And the first thing that came to my mind was this. This floor is so comfortable. I'm thinking a cement floor, back problems, probably not going to be that comfortable. But I just kept saying, I kept hearing this. This floor is so comfortable. So I just laid there. And I knew the Holy Spirit was coming, and I knew that he was just ministering, and I knew that he was healing my body. And I was just in the moment. Then my flesh said, oh, Teresa, you're in the middle of the aisle. pastor's having to talk around you. People are looking at you. And I'm like, ah, what's going to happen? I'm laying here in the middle of the floor in church on Sunday. Oh. And I'm like, this floor is so comfortable. And the Holy Spirit just keeps saying, it is pretty comfortable. Why don't you stay down? Well, my flesh is like, oh, no. I think. And then I couldn't hear anybody singing. But I told Lee Hudson this. I could hear his music. It was almost angelic. I could hear his music. And in that music, I kept hearing, this floor is pretty comfortable. <laughs> so I'm laying there. But then I heard a voice. And I think it was the pastors. And I don't know what you guys were saying or doing. But... My flesh rose up and said, you're in the middle of the row here. He's going to teach around you. What are people going to think? Well, in my disobedience, in my prideful way, in my humanness, I said, okay, I'm going to get up. 
So I got up, and I became a bigger distraction than laying on the floor because I was so drunk in the spirit, I couldn't even make it to the back of the row chairs. So I had to lay back down. I'm thinking, first thing that came to my mind, this floor is so comfortable. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, okay, okay, okay. So I'm laying there, and I can hear the preaching, and I don't really know the words, but I can feel this overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit just rolling through my body. And it was rolling through my body. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. But I'm on the floor in church. And I'm like, can I get over that? I couldn't, obviously. My flesh was still, and the Holy Spirit just said, that floor is pretty comfortable, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it is. So then I tried to get up again, and I'm not sure how long this took, but for me it was like 45 years. But um, So I got up, and I made it to the back wall, which is what I'm very comfortable and familiar with. I sat in the chair, and this is what my friend said. Well, you look like a drunk. You just slid right out of that chair back onto the floor. And I went, first thing to my mind, man, this floor is comfortable. <laughs> So I'm back there for quite a while. And then I try to set up, and my friend looks at me and says, stay down. Just stay down. I'm like, okay, I'll stay down. So then, just in a flash, the Holy Spirit was like, done. You're healed. I got up, sat in the chair, and I was like, where is everybody? What are we doing? Church is over? I'm like, wow. So this is how the Holy Spirit works. You're still going to fight your flesh because it's the what ifs. What if somebody steps on me? What if the pastor forgets and steps on me? And then what's going to happen? What if somebody looks at me and says, she's such a fake. <laughs> or there she's going, just laying out like that. That's not the first time it's happened to me. So it's like, don't fight it when the Holy Spirit comes. Now he is orderly. So the Holy Spirit says, get up and run around. Or you think the Holy Spirit says, get up, run around here, clap your hands with the pastor. That's, that's probably not him. It's probably the enemy going, ah, let's see what we can bring some disruption. Amen. So learning the voice of the Holy Spirit is like this, and this is how I do it. And this is how I started learning. I said, Holy Spirit, how do I determine your voice from the enemy and from my flesh? Well, now this is just me, okay? So I took two bobbleheads. Jesus bobblehead and Satan bobblehead. And I put this mindset in my mind here. So whatever I hear, would Jesus tell me this? Would it come out of the mouth of Jesus? Well, Teresa, you're looking pretty crappy today. You don't have any knowledge. You can't memorize a verse. The one verse you do know is two words, Jesus wept. Would God tell me that? No, but the other one said, Teresa, you don't know any scripture. You can't talk to anybody. You can't do anything. So I would put it, whose mouth did it fit? If it would glorify God in any way, I would latch onto it and do it. Whatever he said. And it has been awesome journey. It has been an awesome journey. And I will tell you these things and not in a prideful way. Because what I ask of all of you is to listen and to hear this fortify your relationship with the Holy Spirit so that every step that you take releases glorification of God over this planet. So I have a couple of things that I uh, wanted to talk to you about. Oh, look, I'm on page 55. <laughs> I'm just kidding. just had to give myself a little laughter. I'm kind of nervous. So my biggest, first big breakthrough. Now, I have a tendency to be late. I'm really working on that after 
quite a few years, I'm learning to be better. I'm back like in the 15-minute mark. <laughs> so I was going to meet my friend, who's a stickler for time, at um, the bookstore that was on Diamond. It's since gone. But anyway, I was going to meet there. I'm pulling in. I've worked with the homeless for a long, long time, and I have a, pen, a love for dogs. So those two things were kind of matched up on the corner. There was a man with a sign. I didn't know. I don't know what the sign said, but he had a dog. And I'm like, oh. So I turn, and the Holy Spirit says, go over, get $50, and take it to that man. And I'm like, they're waiting for me in the bookstore, and they're going to be really ticked if I'm late because she told me not to be late because this person is a missionary and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't be late. He goes, go get 50 bucks and... I said, fine. So I went, my credit union just, quote, had to be in the parking lot. So I went there, got 50 bucks. And I said, look, if he's still there after we have this meeting, I'll go give it to him. Is that what I ask? I said, no. Finally, I said, okay, okay, okay. Let's be really quick. So I pulled my car over, and I noticed a car in the corner of this bookstore parking lot, and the man was over here standing, and the Holy Spirit said, take it to the car. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just going to put it on the windshield, and I can still be just a teeny bit late. So I'm like, okay. So I drive up to the car, I park, I park, and then I walk over, and I, there's a lady sitting there, and her window's up. And I just go, knock, knock, knock. She, and I hold out the money, and I said, I will really believe God would have me give this to you. And she looked at me, and she said, why are you doing this? What are you think you're doing? She started getting out of the car, and I'm like, Oh, take the defensive stand, get sideways with her, don't get in front so she can push you down and trump you over, get sideways, so you can kind of think, and she is just, why would you do this? Do you not know what you did? Do you not understand? And I'm like, can you just, I, I want to understand. I really want to understand, so can you just help me and understand? And she's like ranting. I mean, it, and I think it went on for 14 days, but I think it went on for like 14 seconds. But I was like, okay, you know, I hear God, you know, Holy Spirit, I'm going to be late now. You told me to get 50 bucks. That's a lot of money and blah, blah. And here this lady's fixing to just jump over, over me. She, she goes, let me. And she got in my face and she pointed her finger and I'm, you know, I, I, I don't like that. <laughs> and I'm like, especially when I'm trying to give them money. <laughs> my hard earned money. And so I'm like, I really want to understand. And she stopped, and it got really, there was nothing left in the earth except for her and I. And she looked at me, and she said, pointed at, she touched me. She said, you don't know. I said, I'm trying to really understand. Before I finished this prayer, you knocked on my window. I said, well, can you tell me your prayer? I said, God, if you're real, bring somebody with $50 right now. I'm like, I'm kind of thinking he wants you to think he's real. <laughs> and she's like, why? I said, because he's real and he loves you. Needless to say, I was like an hour late to my friends, but she didn't even get mad at me, which was awesome. <laughs> but I talked with this lady, and it, in, it ended up being a three-week three process of getting her back to... Um, Montana but here's the thing the Holy Spirit was so real to me and he was such my friend I mean we can interact with our friends and go no not today I don't want to do that and he knew he knew that I would do that but he also knew this way he would be calling out and needing something tangible now I don't have contact with this woman this was like 10 years ago I don't know, but what I do believe is she had as an opportunity to know that God was real 
and that she could surrender and trust him. And in my tiny, tiny way in that woman's journey, I glorify God. Only because I knew the voice of the Holy Spirit and only because I listened to him. Now, I know there's times, I will tell you there was a time that Holy Spirit told me to do something and I flat out did not do it. And I can tell you I went home with great guilt. Great guilt. And I said, I failed you. I knew you did ask me to do this and I failed you. I'm so sorry. I just repent. And this was the biggest, boldest voice I ever heard. It says, the only part of failure is when you don't get back up. Repent and join with me again. That's a good word. So I'm like, I'm on it. So that's what I told him this morning. I said, remember years ago, the only part of failure is if I don't choose to get up. So if I get knocked down here today, I'm going to get back up and it's all going to be good, right? And he said, great. So... So we need to listen to those voices. It's not about the $50. It's about the obedience at that moment. What is it? So then the other thing is, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember where I was coming from, but I needed to go to Fred Meyer. I like my Fred Meyer close to my house. I know wherever I is. I know the people there. I can get what I want. Get in and get out. Don't spend a lot of money. Holy Spirit said, go to the Fred Meyer on Abbott. And I'm like, oh, I want to go to mine. He said, go to the Fred Meyer. I'm like, okay, fine. So I think... I'm going to meet somebody, going to have this grand adventure, going to encourage somebody, maybe even find something amazing on sale, save me five, five million bucks or something. So I go, I pull into Fred Meyer, go in and get what my stuff, I have to find it because I don't know where it's at because it's a new store. But, you know, I'm trying to be upbeat and obedient and looking around and listening. Check out, get in my car, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what was that about? It was about your obedience, teaching hear me. It may not be something amazing. It may just be the journey of obedience so that when I need you to be obedient, you're going to be obedient. I'm like, I got it. I got it. So if if you know me well, there's two things that I really love. I don't have any slides up. I didn't know you could have slides, but if I had slides, it'd probably be of rocks and dogs because I really love my rocks. I really love my dogs. Someplace, I, perhaps maybe my family, but I'm not sure. But my rocks and my dogs are pretty good. <laughs> so I find a lot of heart rocks, and people give me a lot of heart rocks. And I remember this day, walking. Oh, I'm going to use something. <laughs> I hope it's here. Oh, it's not. No, here it is. I really did bring snacks if we got over around. So I was out walking, uh, Beluga Point, I think it was. And my heart was heavy, and I had not really been spending a time with the Holy Spirit, singing, talking, just hanging out with Him. So I picked this rock up, this drift, it's driftwood actually, and it's the shape of a heart, somewhat of a heart. You know, our heart gets mangled. But if you notice, there's a big hole in it. So as I'm walking the beach, I look down and I see this and I pick it up and I go, wow, it's a heart with a hole in it. And he said, that's your heart. You haven't filled me up in your heart lately. Your heart is empty and this is the hole that I've left because you won't let me in. I'm like, oh, I could throw it back. It'd be really good. He goes, keep it. I'm like, okay, I'll take it home. So this desk. This sits on my desk at home. And I look at it most every day. Because I never want to have a hole in my heart where the Holy Spirit wants to come. So how do you want to do that? So, 
here's the thing. This we, we have a Bible study on Monday nights in my house, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. The Holy Spirit has swept in. He's swept out. There's healings. It's, it's been amazing. So I have this, used to do these things called No Fear Forge, where we take these women out for four days of adventure, and the Holy Spirit would do these amazing things. And this was my expectation. And this is my expectation today. I just believe the Holy Spirit is here. I believe he can do whatever he chooses to do to glorify God through me, with me, and that he will show up. And we just have to ask him. And we just have to believe. Because when you believe in, that leaves an open door for the enemy to bring down. So to believe. So this particular woman was there. We were doing some ministry. And she was there. And she was just, I'm just dry. I'm just really dry. God isn't really, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you go outside. Talk to the Holy Spirit. She came back running back in. Come here. Come here. And I'm like, Okay, okay. So I ran out. It was cold. It was at our cabin, this particular adventure. She says, look. I said, what? And it was a circle about this big of rain. And her feet were right there. And it was dry where her feet were. But it had rained in a circle just over her. She said, he filled me up with his living water. And I want to be baptized and believe again. So this is what we pray. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in an amazing way that they will remember and can hold on to that. Because I think that we, as a society, get pretty numbed to the everyday mundane things. And we don't see the amazing things the Holy Spirit does through each of us to glorify Almighty God. So... Okay, I have to tell you this story. Okay, so Holy Spirit just dropped us in. So I'm not sure how many years ago, but um, it was it was just a few years after my healing. So I'm sitting at the red light. It's at, it's in the winter time, and I'm running late. What a surprise! And the guy in front of me was going to make a left hand turn, and he couldn't get traction. And I'm like, really? You're going to make me late, buddy? Can you not drive that thing? Do you want me to drive it? Do you want me to get you through that light? I mean, come on! And, I, and I'm sure I raised my arms. I said, come on. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Lord. And he gave me this vision, and it was probably a nanosecond. He said, when you get to eternity, there will be a line of people that you never knew that was watching you that found me through your actions. But there will also be a line of people that never found me because of your actions. Ah, tears rolled down my eyes, and I said, forgive me. So the littlest of things, the most subtle of things, the Holy Spirit will tweak your spirit so that you will glorify him in all things. And I thought just yelling at him was a minor thing, but who was watching me? I don't know. Holy Spirit was. He was right there driving with me. Did it glorify God? Absolutely not. So I'm very careful. I say this a lot. I say, Holy Spirit, I don't know why this storm is here. Excuse me. I don't know why this storm is here. Just send me the playbook. I will figure it out, and let's get over to this. And I remember him saying, Teresa, Teresa. And I like it when he says that most of the time. But he said, this is not about you. This storm is not about you. And I'm like, well, what? He says, somebody's watching you. They want to know if what you 
proclaim, what you encourage with is really truth in your life. And I'm like, oh, and I go, in my spiritual moment, holy is the moments, I said, let him get it quick because I'm about done with this. <laughs> and he's like, it'll take as long as it needs to take. I'm like, okay. So with that said, I asked periodically, how am I doing? If you've been in the workforce, you get these performance reviews and, you know, you're, you're married, you want to say what's working, what's not working. So a few months ago, probably longer than a few months ago, six months ago, I sat down and I said, okay, tell me what's working. What am, I, am I hearing you right? Am I doing right? Is there something else I need to do? Mm, I'm really wanting to go for a B++. That's my goal is a B++. He goes, well, he gave me this quick vision because it was awesome. And it was a moment of time. When I was, where's my tissues? <laughs> Moment of time when I was in my garage and I had just had a situation with my grandson. It was a terrible situation. And I was in my garage and I was crying out, I do not understand why you leave him in this hellacious situation where he's in danger, grave danger. But what I will understand and what I do believe is this. You are God of all creation. You have my grandson, and I will trust in that. And the Holy Spirit went really through that, and he said, you knocked it out of the park because your trust in me was greater than the fear surrounding you. And I'm like, so in my biggest storm, when I surrendered, I knocked it out of the park, and the Holy Spirit said, yes. Because you surrendered your flesh. You surrendered the what-ifs to trust in me. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really looking for the A++ again, Lord. I'm just looking for a strong B+. But he said, surrender. And I did. So I'm going to read this one, uh, talk about this one thing, and then I'm going to give you a challenge. I do encourage people. I encourage until the cops come home because I just believe God is hope. He's our hope. Um, a few years ago, my husband and I took a trip down to see some family in Texas, and we got there about three days early. We didn't tell them we were there because, uh, you know, families are so great. And so we drove up and down the beach, and I had really been questioning the Lord. You know, Holy Spirit, I'm really asking you, on this trip, I need a sign, a visual sign, that you want me to continue to do this seahorse adventures because seahorse is kind of my thing. I just need to say, so my husband and I were driving down this beach, and there's not many people there, but you can drive down the beaches of Texas. So we're driving down, and we're looking, and I, I love stuff. I love stuff off the beach. Wherever it is, I bring it home. The rule at my house is if I can carry it now, I can bring it home. It used to be he'd help me carry it, but he doesn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> I can. So we're driving down, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I just want a sign. There's living water. I get it. It crashes up on the sea, new things. Are, I get all that. You've shown me that. I said, just show me something so amazing that I cannot doubt. And we need to ask those questions. Just, I'm, I'm faltering here. Give me something to hold on. So we drive down, who knows how long it took, and we turn back around, and I see something pink. So, you know, it could be a treasure, right? So I stop. I said, Mark, get out. And he said, I am not getting out. If you want that, you go get it. I'm like, oh. So I just put it in park, get out, walk around, and I look down, and I go, I look at him, he goes, what? 
I go, he goes, I am not helping you carry it. If you can't carry it, it's not coming home. And I'm like, come here. He's like, Teresa, really? So I just left it there. And I went back and I said, get out. And he's like, really? Okay. So he walks over. He looks it out. And he looked at me and he goes, I believe it's yours. So this is what? So we, I scoured this beach going down. And we're coming back. And this is what had been uncovered. <laughs> a seahorse. A pink seahorse. And it was not there. I can guarantee you it was not there when we first stayed on the, But because of my petitioning and my, because I was asking for he gave, it. still has the sand on it. And this has been many years ago. <laughs> but seriously. And my husband just looked at me and said, yeah, that's yours. And it was mine. It was a physical sign. Now, I don't always get physical signs, but I believe because that's the way I learn. That's what he does. Your, it may be your scripture. You can go to a scripture and find it right there, and you would be, you know, most encouraged. But for me, it's physical. And this is about as physical as it gets. A plastic seahorse on the beach. So I want to tell you two things. The seahorse, I, I want, I, what the significance of this. You're conceived in your, the Lord told me this. You're conceived in your mother's womb. But it, I, it is I, the Father, who gives you life. And if you know anything about seahorses, they are conceived in the female body. But then once the eggs are conceived, they give it to the male seahorse, and he carries it until they are birthed, and he gives life to them. So truly, we are conceived in our mother's womb, but it is our Father who gives us life. So with all this said, I, and I haven't even cried, which is awesome. And um, I want to encourage you. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is the best relationship, the most important relationship you're ever going to have. Seek him. Find him. But this is what you have to know. You cannot be moved by the what ifs. You cannot be moved by the what ifs. What if someone sees me on the floor like there? What if someone says, what are you crazy? I don't need this. What are you crazy? He's telling me these words. You know, what if? So I'm asking you, and this is my challenge to you, and this is my encouragement to you, is are you truly brave enough and willing enough to surrender your flesh to the relationship of the Holy Spirit and move when he says move. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you.